Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for um, the company we have here. And even with it cooler than we'd like, we're, uh, uh, we're comfortable with each other. We'd ask that you'd follow each of us through our lives with your spirit. And that we'd learn things from your word that we need to learn. And learn how to meditate on it. In your son's name, amen. Well, <clears throat> you know, when it's All Souls Day and you pastor All Souls Christian Church, um, and All Souls is a festival commemorating the souls of the faithful departed. In other words, dead Christians. Not specially dead Christians, especially Christian dead, not like saints, but souls. So, you know, what passages are you going to come up with? But All Souls is always, um, and, I, and I'm not a person who's big on church calendar, as you know, and matter of fact, I think it's really dangerous, but we take it lightly, and we, but here it is, one of those Sundays when it's actually All Souls Day. Um, so I tried looking for passages that would be appropriate, you know, talking about those who have fallen asleep or something like that, or surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We, we do think of those who have gone on before. But it wasn't happening, folks. It just wasn't happening. So what, what did happen? Well, last week, I opened the notes from last week. And said, oh, Philippians 3. I stopped right at Philippians 4, 4, and let's just finish Philippians. So we're going to. But it wasn't just a matter of finishing Philippians because it's nice to do. It's a good passage. It's got that famous one right at the beginning about anxiety. I was thinking about something in the last couple of days about the nature of, of how we think about the world around us and how do we avoid temptation. So those things were coming to my mind when I, um, when I went through this very familiar passage. So let's take a look at it. Rejoice to the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, we finished with that passage last week. I've heard, dealt with, and my father has as well in his counseling situation, quite a few people who want to argue with you when you're trying to tell them to rejoice in the Lord. They, it's almost like, what do you mean? I don't have to rejoice. Christians don't have to rejoice all the time. What, what are you arguing against rejoicing for? You know, uh, well, yeah, we get, think of anything else. More french fries for everyone? What are you saying? I don't want more french fries. Of course, everyone wants more, more french fries, more potato chips, more, what else do you want? Onion rings. I want more of this, more chocolate. I gotta get the other half of the room. More chocolate. Why would we argue against this? Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Cross this uh, off the list of, of things you need to get done if you've done it. Have all, do all men know how you forbear? Do you know what forbearance is? That's Bible talk. 
um, putting up with. How you do in a restaurant? With the waiter, the waitress. You ever have to put up with a waitress who always calls you, you guys? Or no matter what you order, always says, perfect. You just want to take a two by four and cold cocker upside the head because all men need to know my forbearance, not forbear you. Well, that's not forbearance now, is it? It's, it's not. And all men are supposed to know your forbearance. That's a little command, uh, imperative, suggestion, admonition that gets ignored often. often. The Lord is at hand. That seems to have some moment to your forbearance, right? The Lord is on the scene. The Lord's return is imminent. Whatever you want to put, that is, you should be standing in the Lord in a certain way. Rejoice in the Lord. What are you shaped like? What do you look like? If someone's to write up a character sketch of you, has the, has the Holy Spirit made you this? Have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I don't know how many times I've quoted that passage. Now, I don't memorize scripture, but this, I remember this. Because I've quoted it so many times about to people who are anxious. And it's like, where did you get that? On the internet, Facebook? Did you find that on the soft focus tree and this? Written up nicely in King James English? People will almost brag about their anxieties. Women sit around, you know, knitting or whatever they do, talking about their anxieties. I was worried for Johnny today, I know you. Is this illness, that illness, that danger, that, that didn't happen, that could have happened, and you know, whatever. Let's just wallow. Let's just, just create a nice big, you know, those portable swimming pools of, of anxiety and all the women can just do belly flops in it. We don't, we, we argue with somebody who says you should be rejoicing all the time. Who you think you are, St. Paul. Very few people know your forbearance because you put up with nothing. If it's not just, if it's not perfect. You don't put up with fools. And my gosh, if anything happens that would make, you know, my wife wants to put a, she doesn't forbear in this situation. When our president or a congressman or someone stands up after some tragedy and they say, we've got to be sure this never happens again. What kind of fools are we dealing with? who don't realize that the world, in the world, death, destruction, is going to end everyone's life who is alive today. Everyone's going to die. They cannot have it never happen again. But that's speaking to the anxious. Speaking to people who don't want to see 
injustice go on. They don't want to see folly go on. And we think we can have a Christian life like that. But that's not peace with God. Because only if I admit that there's no anxiety I should be having, but with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, I make my request known to God. And then it says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Something jumped out at me in that. Not just the peace. I'm a big fan of peace. I live for peace. Not just because I had long hair when I was young. Because I like it. Oh, it's comfortable. Peace is being in a state of ease. The world is in chaos. And the plans of God, the order of God, the order of a successful society, a good family, whatever it is you've ordered around you, produces peace. You've heard me say that before. But this uh, um, transition, this action that you've taken, these things you have done something about, brings about the peace of God, and the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you notice earlier you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord? I have to be in the Lord. It's not just saying, hey, be one of those upbeat, sanguine types of people that everybody wants to, you know, the girl saying perfect in the restaurant. And maybe she just really means it, and they hired her because she's just got a smile on her face all the time, and she's just sanguine and tigger-like, and you still want to hit her with a two-by-four. We're not talking about that kind of rejoicing. We're talking about in the Lord. Not in the party you just had. We had a good time at the party at my house. Good times were had by all. No one got into a fight. I won. What could be better? Not that kind of rejoicing, not that kind of peace. It's in the Lord. And to be in the Lord, to be guarded in Him, to keep your hearts and minds in Him, I have to have the peace of God that passes understanding. To get the peace of just backing the truck up, finding out where it started. If I need to be in Him, I have to have the peace that passes understanding. To have the peace that passes understanding, I have had to have given what? My anxieties, minimally. All of the concerns I have. I can't keep anything to me, to myself. But boy, I just ruined your social life. You couldn't complain with your girlfriends. You couldn't act all offended like the you know, powerful young sheriff of your life about everything that is wrong with this nation. There's an election on Tuesday, by the way. I don't know if you'll lose our tax exemption if I tell you to vote. Go vote. <laughs> Early and often. Um, Tuesday. We're not going to watch it at my house because I have the reading for C.S. Lewis and C.S. Lewis trumps by elections. We don't want to give those things up. 
let all men know your forbearance, my gosh, that's going to keep you busy through next week. Figuring out how to, not just, you, you don't get to just forbear. The instruction is, and it's on you, that all men know it. Now, I don't think he's talking about every man everywhere in the cosmos, dead, living, otherwise. If you forbear, it doesn't mean that Vladimir Putin has to know you forbore. All men should know what you're like in this regard. That's on you. Anxiety, not really an option. But we think that these are kind of the roles that adults play. Not forbearing, always anxious, not at peace, not really rejoicing. Now what's, what's the problem? You say, Evan, I think you read your point. There's a problem here. There's a disconnect. The way we live as adults is supposed to be in the light. We take the other path and even complain about the instruction. I don't think it's the rejoicing. I don't think it's uh, primarily. It's solving this is saying, I'm not trying to convince you that rejoicing is better than being miserable. I think you already know that. And I probably, you probably, if you took a little test, is forbearance better than losing it? Well, yeah, I know, I struggle. Is peace better than anxiety? Well, yeah, okay, you got me, Evan. I don't have to convince you of any of this stuff. You know, you've been around. Read some Bible. The problem really is the Lord. You're rejoicing in the Lord. The Lord is at hand. And we are being, our peace is in God, and we're being asked to be kept in Christ Jesus. That's where the decision falls. That's where all sin rests. And you deciding that you're going to serve yourself rather than the living God. Because we're asked to be this, rejoicing. Broadly known as people who put up with it and have an inexplicable and undeniable peace. That's the description. Do you have an inexplicable and undeniable peace and you put up with those that need to be put up with? Is it pat up with? Past with? Put. And rejoicing. But I'm not going to be there if they're giving me grief in the restaurant. If the... If not, just being, you know, that awkward, too much flair, and, and uh, just chain restaurant. All those things apply themselves to me. They damage, they disturb me. And you know, I start to complain, I start to get miserable, I start to be non-forbearing, because... I'm interested in me. It's, you got up this morning in, in my case, in Evan Wilson. You got up in whoever you are. And guess what? Yourself 
has a vested interest in things going well for old number one. Because you're in yourself. You've heard me say this before. You feel, therefore it matters. You value your things in your life because you don't want to suffer fools gladly. You don't want to see that injustice going on. You don't want to have this pain. Whatever the pain is. But in Christ Jesus, it's different. Because it's not in you. I've given my life to the Lord. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, that's where the real crisis of decision is. Have I found and measured out what the Lord is to me? Some of you might not be saved. Some of you, most of you probably are, if not all of you. You came to a place where you gave yourself to the Lord. Now it's a matter of living in that situation, finding the path to be in the Lord rather than in yourself. Because his will is being lived out through you if you're in him. Just like you get up in the morning, ever realize that you're, you're done with your bath and you don't remember if you bathed? Maybe at my age it happens more often. I'm sitting in the bath, you have to examine the water. Is it dirty enough? Did I really actually... Because your body goes into these motions and takes care of you. Right? You care for yourself. You're trying, you're Christian, you want to be in Christ. So that his character, his causes, his kingdom is lived out in you. And consequently, you forbear, you rejoice, and you're at peace that's inexplicable. And that peace keeps you there. Years ago, when I first started dealing with the, the idea of peace and pursuing peace as a Christian, I began to realize that that was probably the biggest barrier to me walking off the reservation. I didn't want to give up that peace. I'm sure you're tempted, sure you sin, but didn't want to give up that peace. It's like an addiction. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is actually, not this verse, but this idea brought this thought to my mind. It tells you, a guy asked at Drones a few weeks ago, um, why don't we ever talk about noble and honorable things? Because we're the Drones, for heaven's sake. We're, we're critics. We realized, it was a good discussion, we realized how hard it is. We, yesterday we were talking about the appreciation of beauty. A lot of people have a hard time with the appreciation of beauty. A lot of people think, if you're Presbyterian, you know, that you don't. You don't want to, those sorts of things are temptations to the world. A woman's beauty, a building's beauty, great music, whatever it is. Here is an instruction, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, excellence, praiseworthy. 
Why don't you fill your mind with that stuff? People don't like thinking about positive things a lot of the time because they think that positive things are a source of temptation. Do you know why they're a source of temptation? Because you're still driving your life and the reward to you is what matters. In you, this, in heaven this morning, rather than in Christ Jesus. We've been covering at Paralandra how the green lady, if you haven't read it, I'm not going to explain it. The green lady has learning, she is getting older, she says, as she learns things. And she's talking about how she thought that God was carrying her, but really she was walking beside him. She was walking with him. And the tempter is there in the story trying to convince her that the best way to prove that you're walking beside or walking separate is to walk alone, to walk away from God. And uh, Ransom, the person defending her from the temptation, says, no, the same opportunity is the opportunity for you to walk away from your will, walk away from you. It's just as powerful, the, the nature of a self-choice either says the self serves the self or the self chooses freely to serve another. And that's what the choice we're making is as Christians. From the beginning of our salvation to the daily walk, we are choosing whether to give our anxieties to him with thanksgiving. That's what I do, is, is stop go, Lord, I could be serving my will. Some people try to serve a will that is, try to have a religious mindset that is just uh, one, they, they don't rejoice, they don't forbear, they have an anxiety, they're not at peace, and they deny themselves every good in this world because that's what righteousness is. And some people don't rejoice, don't have all these other things. So they're just, that's a human expectation. And they go after all those joys of life to serve and give to themselves. They want to think about the beautiful and the excellent so that they can have what they want. There's a difference in the phrase, that is a wonderful good, and I want that wonderful good. Those are two different ideas. That is a wonderful thing, I want that for me. Because if it's in Christ Jesus, that is a wonderful good, is, a, is, is true. And if it's in Christ Jesus, I get it if God gave it to me. I get it if it's legitimate. I get it if that's something that, that is not your neighbor's wife, it's your wife. If you're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you can be looking at these wonderful things and rejoice that they exist. C.S. Lewis, who you know I am fond of, made a comment at one point, I can't remember, remember where it was, but uh, where he talks about how uh, the person who really likes glory likes the fact that the glorious things happened, not that he did it. He rejoices that he does it. He also rejoices if the other guy does it. You've done, noticed this watching football, right? 
if you're, I'm not a very competitive person, so I, I can watch both teams and be thrilled. Um, wow, look at that. It's amazing. But that's how it's, what it's like. You're so amazed at the talent. You don't go, oh man, I wish I could play like that. Oh, I wish I had that much money. Oh, I wish I had that man's wife. I wish I had this, that, or the other thing. When, when your mind moves to how are you going to give it to you, not but how good is it. In Christ, how good it is exists because God has a purpose for its goodness. God has a pure purpose for its loveliness. God has a purpose for its excellence. When I do walk by myself, and I walk to serve myself, your temptations are on you like, uh, it's like a direct deal. You want what you want, and the temptation knows it. Now the next part of this passage, you say, golly, he hasn't gotten very far, and here it's like 16 after. This next part is a fundraising thing. He's talking about a gift that comes to him, and it, it's appropriate in regard to what we prayed about this morning. Jake prayed for the giving in the church, and it's always an awkward thing when you know how much evil goes on with money in church circles, and Paul knows that too. Paul knows that too, but he's still able to say in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do. <laughs> that's, that's kind of confident. It's not so, this is not a life. This rejoicing, free from anxiety, patient, peaceful life is not some pie-in-the-sky situation. Paul has it. He says, look at everything I do. Every axis on every front that I could be looked at, look at me from that axis, and then imitate what I do. He has obviously enjoyed this. And then he talks about it in terms of the giving. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I complain of want. For I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content. And we have learned to not forbear, not rejoice, be full of anxiety, and no peace. He learned, when he was denied stuff, to be content. And look at how it is. I know how to be abased and how to abound. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret, ooh, a secret, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. Now both of those are temptations. Both of those are temptations. You know that from the parable of the sower. One group falls away because of persecution. Another group falls away because of the light of this world. And so some Christians design their churches to never get persecuted. And some Christians design their churches to never be tempted by the flesh. Paul says, I know how to go through every one of those situations. I know how to be sitting there with more onion rings. I, this is the, what you all understand, right? 
more onion rings or more chocolate than you could possibly eat. That you ate every onion ring that you wanted and you're going to throw some away. That's abundance. Some people are, oh, you don't give that to the needy? Nah, don't be Judas about this, okay? Just enjoy the onion rings, lighten up, Francis. Well, he knows how to do that. And he knows how to be in prison, denied everything. He, so he's talking to the Philippians about their financial gift that has just come to him. He's thankful. They, they didn't have an opportunity before. They gave him a financial gift, but he's still letting them know that in Christ, the kind of Christian life, there's no excuses for not having this wonderful life. Rejoicing, peaceful, free from anxiety, great patience. So what's his secret? I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. Answer, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. And that's where your choice is. Is your choice faithfully made that you are not living for you, you are living for the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, how do I get that? You know, there's all sorts of paths in the scriptures. You, should, you work your way through the word, looking, but look for it. Say, so how do I... Well, it says earlier in verse 7, to keep your hearts and minds in him, the peace of God has, has to descend on you, and you got there with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You actually took the move of saying, Lord, I'm anxious about this. I'm anxious about this. Why we pray in church is we say, lift up something, let's pray together, let's take all this before the throne of grace, and our God will hear us And by handing it to him, it becomes in him, and we get the peace. We know that who is bigger than God? God takes care of it all. You can do all things in him. It was kind of you yourselves, no. It was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me help once and again. Not that I seek the gifts, but I seek the fruit which increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am filled, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. He could look at the good that they did, he got, and he could, he could take it in innocently. He could take it in with real acceptance because it was happening in Christ. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, people gave St. Paul a gift, and do you think he really ought to have that kind of money? Especially if it made him abundant in some circumstance, right? He was filled. But he calls it a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
he's able to walk through what most pastors, and I've just encountered this before, whenever you're trying to encourage the saints to give and and you're the one in the ministry and your fame and glory is affected by, you know, everybody starts going, okay. We avoid those things here. We don't pass the plate. You know, we don't tell you about it very often. But so because it's awkward. But even the awkwardness, Paul is able to walk through gently and joyfully. That's one of the nicest portions of, of Christian thank you for a gift. Because it was in the Lord. He could, it didn't matter whether he got the gift or didn't get the gift. It was just good that it happened. The good could be rewarded. The good could be thought of. The good could be responded to. But if it didn't happen, and it hadn't happened before, they had not been able to earlier, that was fine. Because in Christ Jesus, God, everyone knows our forbearance. Sure, it's tough, but you know the forbearance. If you want to think in terms of the good and the bad, the want and the plenty, your own temperament, your own training, and your own areas of complaint with this world, realize that everything you are doing that is not peaceful, you need to take to God and have your life be in Him and not in you. You were given charge over your life to give it to Him. Freely, you get to give it to Him or not, you can try to run it yourself for a while. We don't want your own lordship over your life to speak more loudly than the lordship of Jesus Christ. Don't argue with the rejoicing. Don't argue with the right to anxiety. You have no rights. Our Lord said, who by worry can add one cubit to his span of life? That's our Lord, the one you're in. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you. This is almost like All Souls Day. Yesterday was All Saints. Especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful that we are able to be in your Son, handing ourselves and the reins to ourselves over regularly in our prayers, Lord, that we would be able to enjoy good life's good things, that we'd be able to sustain ourselves during life's, life's negative things, rejoicing in your Son, not being anxious, being at peace in you, because we stand in your Son, that his Lordship matters. Lord, watch, help us watch alertly for ourselves, taking charge of ourselves. Make us good Christians. In your Son's name, amen.